The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. Y'all give it up for the children one more time. Um, Cedric, um, throughout this sermon, I won't need you to dun-dun-dun-dun, so, so you good, man. You good, you good. You good. But I might get happy and tell you to run back up real quick, all right? All right? Um, but good morning, everyone. Good morning. I am excited to be able to um, stand before you and preach God's word. I see a lot of new faces, and it's always exciting to, to see new faces here at Downtown Church. And again, I just want to welcome you to Downtown. And I just want to always say that we want to connect with you and you with us. And the best way to do that is stop at our connection table um, on right outside. All right. But this morning, I'm going to continue to, to preach through the book of John. And I'm going to begin by reading his word. And this morning, we are looking at verses 6 through 13. And it reads as such. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about that light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to title this message this morning, where is the light? Where is the light? And before preaching, will you just take a moment and just pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, where is the light? Lord, we, even as we just took moments to stand and pray, Lord, we pray knowing that we need you, God. There's so much things that cause us to grieve, so many things that cause us to struggle, to, to doubt, to even question our faith, Lord. So, Lord, this right now, I just come right now saying, Lord, we don't need our circumstances to change. We don't necessarily need COVID to be over. We don't necessarily need our spouses to stop tripping, our kids to act better. Lord, we need you. So, God, I pray, Lord, more than anything, Lord, that we truly see you. Open up our eyes. Let us witness you. Allow us to be witnesses about your goodness. As your words say, Lord, allow us to taste and see just how good you are. And I pray, Lord, even now as I turn to preach, Lord, that I decrease and you increase in, Lord, and that we see you, Christ Jesus, high and lifted up. And all of God's people say, amen. Where is the light? In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form. It was empty. It was lifeless. It was void. And the earth, the earth was covered 
with darkness. And then out of the quiet, God spoke those mighty words that changed everything forever. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And with this light came everlasting life. With this light, God's, God's light filled the earth with life. And with this light came universal flourishing, prosperity, and true peace. Pleasure forevermore, unimaginable joy. Mankind walked with God, the creator of the universe, and enjoyed the wonders of his creation. And everything was right, just as it was supposed to be. But not long after the light coming, we know came darkness. And with darkness coming came death. You don't believe me? Well, let's look at Genesis 3. When, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, bringing the curse of God's wrath over all men, they were immediately removed from the presence of God. They were immediately removed from God's light, and a spiritual darkness filled the earth. And that was in chapter 3, and immediately following in, in chapter 4, we literally see the first death in the Bible. Cain, an, an, an older brother, killed his younger brother, Abel, because wickedness and jealousy filled his heart. And not long after this, and just a, a couple chapters later, we see that God looked down on earth and saw that wickedness, that the wickedness of man was great. And now darkness now reigns in this earth. Webster, Webster Dictionary defines darkness this simple way. It is the absence of life of light. The Bible also describes darkness in the same way, the absence of light. And since God is light, I think it's safe to say that darkness is the absence of God. Darkness is a hopeless place. It's a place where you can't see your way out. It's, a, it's like being in a pit and there's no escape. It's like walking through a tunnel with no lights and you can't see the end of the tunnel and you become desperate and hopeless just waiting for the light. And I want us to know that darkness is not just a physical state, but it's a mental and emotional state that can cover you and oppress you. King David, the writer of, the, um, of a large part of the Bible, knew this darkness all too well. In Psalms 22, he, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said, I prayed to you day and night, and there is still no answer. In Psalms 13, David even said, God, if you do not answer me, I'm going to go to sleep and never wake up. I am about to die. God, where are you? David, who was the king who was this war hero, David, who we, who we all look to and, and admire as one of the most popular characters in the Bible, knew the mental and emotional state of darkness all too well. And this teaches us that even us too, that we can on the outside look like we have everything going on. We can walk in church and everybody say, how you doing? Good morning, people. And, and we can look like we have it all going right. But two, on the inside, be surrounded and covered with this deep darkness. Fighting this depression, fighting this hopelessness, feeling all alone, feeling like you have to keep your tears in because no one knows what you're going through and you don't even know how to get out of it. You're trying to serve people, but there's just so much darkness around you. So the question is, where is the light? Where is God? Where is the light? 
And I don't want to keep talking about darkness, so let me go ahead and just give you some good news this morning. The good news comes in verse 9. Look at it with me. It says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The light which darkness cannot overcome has come into the world. And the main idea this morning that I, I, I truly want us all to leave here with is that we are to be encouraged no matter what dark days may be ahead because the true light has come. That no matter what we face today, tomorrow, next year, no matter what we face, no matter what goes on, we can rejoice and, and be encouraged today because the true light has already come. And this leads me to my first takeaway this morning that is, where is the light? Rejoice for the light is here. The light is here. This is the news that, that Israel has been waiting to hear. That the people of God knew what it was like living in bondage, waiting to see the promises of God fulfilled. And as soon as darkness entered the world through Adam, seeing God promised them a Savior who will redeem and restore everything that was lost. And ever since then, the Jewish people have been waiting with great expectation and anticipation for their coming Savior. And here is John pro proclaiming with bold words that their true light, the one that you have been waiting on for so long, has finally come. Do we see how groundbreaking this moment is? Do we see that the one thing that we long for, the, the one answer to all of our problems, it has already come, has come. This is, this is the news that we should re rejoice over. I couldn't help but think about um, that football game that happened a couple years ago. I, I apologize for the sports reference if you don't like sports. But um, the South Central Louisiana State U University Mud Dogs were in the Bourbon Bowl playing the Louisiana Cougars. And they was about to start this game without their best player. And everybody knew that they couldn't win without their best player. They lost the past 40 games without their best player. And ever since this new player joined this team, they haven't lost a game yet. But, the, but their best player could not play this game because his mama said he couldn't play football. So it was halftime, and the score was 27 to 0. And the Mud Dogs was, was, was in the locker room, sad, hopeless, and depressed. They were just dreaming about their best player showing up. And their best player name was Bobby Boucher. And they was just saying, man, I wish Bobby Boucher was here. If Bobby was here, we'll win. If Bobby was here, we'll do this. And out of nowhere, Bobby Boucher showed up and said, Mama said I can play football, yeah. Mama said, Mama said, Mama said. And, 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 and the team immediately rejoiced. Even though they were still losing, because Bobby showed up, they had joy. And how much greater is this moment? than the water boy moment. That even though we are still in the dark realm, surrounded with darkness, fighting sadness, fighting things that happen in our, in our childhood, still, still grieving the losses and pain, we can rejoice because Jesus, the light of the world, has taken on flesh and he has come. Verse 5 says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light has come and will not be defeated by darkness. 
Um, Deism is a philosophy that teaches that there is a God. Deism says there is a God who created everything, but Deism teaches that when God created everything, what, what, whatever God there is, he turned around and walked away from his creation. Deism says there is a supreme being, but this supreme being has nothing to do with the world. That there isn't a God who can answer your prayers. There isn't a God who loves you and sees you and cares about you. That, 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 that there is just a God who created you and walked away. And I believe that sometimes the darkness in life, the suffering, the terrible things that we see and experience ourselves can cause us to believe in theism. It can cause us to say, God, I, I know you are real. I believe you're real but I, I just don't think you really care about me. Because if you cared about me, you wouldn't have allowed this thing to happen. Because if you cared about me, you know I've been praying this same prayer over and, and over again, and yet you still haven't sent me the help that I need. That, that if you was really God, if you really cared about me, you, you wouldn't be allowing me to go through what I, I go through now. And I just want to go ahead and say it one more time that the true light has come. That the true light being the Lord God has come, and that means that God was sitting on high, and he saw you. He saw you in your need, and he still sees you today, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your struggles are, no matter what your pain is. He has come, and with whom come, and he has given you a new life. And I, I want to go ahead and say that, the, that a common misconception for the Christian life is that there will be no suffering or there will be no obstacles for us who are in Jesus. That the misconception is that because the light has come that the war against darkness is over, but the Bible already tells us that it's not over. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says that we fight not against flesh and blood, but our fight is actually against the darkness of the spiritual world. Our fight is actually against the darkness of this evil world, that there is still a war going on, but the hope that we have and the reasons why we don't have to fear is because the true light has come and darkness cannot overtake it. So even though this, there may be a cloud of, of, of darkness, there may be wickedness, there may be sin, there may be sadness, there may be things that we truly do have to grieve, we are not alone. And I can't help but think about those, those three Hebrew boys in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who because of their faith, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And even before they were thrown in, they said, my God is able to deliver me from this fire. But they still was thrown into the fire to be killed. But when they were thrown into the fire, the men outside of the fire said, hold on, did we not throw in three men? So why did we see four men walking around on, and safe in this fire? See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God came down and he walked with them in the midst of the fire. God came down and he held them in the midst of the fire. God came down and kept them in the midst of the fire. And this is the blessing of, of the true light coming. Not that the true light comes and he has eradicated every type of grief, every type of evil in this world, but the true light has come and he is with you today and forevermore. That is the blessing. That's the blessing. So where is the light? We rejoice because the light has come. The light is here. Takeaway number two, where is the light? As Rebecca said, 
we are to be witnesses of the light so others may see and believe. We are to be witnesses of the light so others too may see and believe. Look again at verse 6 with me. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Now, I don't have time to fully give the background to who John the Baptist to, to who John is, but if we quickly was to look at Matthew and Luke, we will see that, that, um, that John the Baptist, who is actually the older cousin of Jesus, came testifying, came telling other people about Jesus, that they too may believe. That before John even met Jesus, he knew that he was chosen and purposed and sent by God to testify about Jesus so that people may believe and receive a new life. And guys, I just got to go ahead and tell you that this is the same purpose for the church today. That if you have placed your faith in Jesus, your, your, your duty, your mission, a part of your purpose is to testify about the goodness of God so that others too may see the light and believe. Oh, I know what you're thinking. You probably think, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the preacher's job. That's the pastor's job. That's that Miss Rebecca's job to, to, to tell other people about Jesus. I'm just gonna come pay my tithe so 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 you can do it. No. If you have received the light, you are to share the light so that others too may receive the light. This is your purpose. And this has always been the mission of God's people. Even when even in the Old Testament, we see God bringing Israel out of Egypt, and, and God said, I'm choosing you to be my people. I'm going to be your God, but I'm not just blessing you for your sake. I'm blessing you so that the whole world can look at you and see something different. That you are to be a light to the whole world so that the whole world can, can come to you and see me and then, and then also receive me. That... that we are to be the light of the world, church. That the world is to look at us and say, man, there's something different about them. They got some joy that I don't have in the midst of COVID. They, they have some peace. Even though his mom just died, he has joy and peace that I don't have. How do he have it? We are to be the light so that those who do not have the light can look at us and we can show them to the light. This is why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And this is our desire here at Downtown Church. We desire to be a faithful church who, who preach the Bible. We desire to see our people um, live holy and faithful and righteous lives. We desire to be in fellowship and um, with each other. But we also desire to see our people go out and reach those who do not know so that they too may come in. And this is why we hope our community groups can be a safe place where people come to be encouraged to receive prayer, to just laugh together, to walk through life together. But we also want our community groups to be a place where those outside of God's family can be invited and welcomed in into God's family. This is our purpose, to testify about this coming light so that others too may believe. And, and I believe that that's, that that's only one half of the coin, though. 
Yes, we are to testify and witness so that those who don't believe can believe in Jesus. But I also believe that we ought to just testify by simply sharing our story with other people that they too may be encouraged. It's amazing how even throughout the Bible, God uses people's simple story to, enc to encourage those who need it while they are suffering. He sent Moses to the people of, of Israel when they was in the wilderness, and Moses simply said, hey, God has a promised land for us. Even though we are homeless, tired, and hungry right now, God has a purpose for us. There's hope. In John chapter 4, the woman at the well ran into the town and just told the whole town her story, and this whole town was saved simply because of her story. And I believe that, 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 that as we begin to just share our story with each other, share, share with each other what God has done for us, not just the pretty parts, but, but it's so encouraging when, when I can share with you how I'm struggling. Like, true story, like, a part of my story is the fact that, that my dad died when I was seven. And I grew up with so much hurt and pain, always, always longing, uh, like every big milestone in my life, he just wasn't there. So even though I got my mom saying, I'm so proud of you, son, it was, it's, it's still always this, this, this void because it's just like, I need my dad to say that. And, and man, Pastor Mike, I just remember sharing with me him sharing with me the story of losing his mom and, and how God helped him to walk through that pain. And it's not just you just get through it, but it's an ongoing walking with God. And, and, his, and he used his story to bless me. And church, this is what we are to do as witnesses, not just say, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, no. Like, it's not just about saying yes and no, but it's about sharing with others what God has done in you and through you so that they too can be blessed. This is what it means to witness. And one more thing before I move on from John the Baptist, I need us to look again at verse 8. He says, it says, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Yeah, this, this is probably my favorite part in the sermon because this is a verse that we can just quickly overlook and just, and, just, um, and just move on from. But I love the fact that John even said himself, he says, I'm not the Christ. I came to bear witness about the Christ. And y'all, when we can truly say that, how, how freeing is it to truly say, I am not the Christ? To finally realize and accept that you aren't the savior of your life. To realize and accept that you don't have to be the perfect spouse or the perfect parent, have the perfect body image. Your kids, you don't have to be a perfect child even for your parent because you are not the Christ. This is why we need Christ. We believe in Christ, but then turn around to live our lives as trying to be the perfect ones so we no longer need him. But John the Baptist knew who he was and he knew who he wasn't. John the Baptist said, I am not the Christ, but I'm going to tell you who I am. 
I'm somebody who, who has been blessed by the Christ, and I'm about to tell you about the Christ so the Christ can now bless you. This is what it means to be a witness. And y'all, being a witness does not mean you only show people your, or try to show people your perfections. No, being a witness means you show people your failures and your, per, and, and your imperfections because you are not the Christ. We proclaim Christ because it's he who we need. We proclaim Christ because he is the one who took us out of the darkness and brought us into marvelous light. We, I proclaim Christ because he is a father to the fatherless. I proclaim Christ because he is the one who keeps me day after day. And this is what it means to witness. And you may not be convinced yet um, of, of this light. You may have spent the past few minutes um, and you heard me talking about the need for the true light and the true light has come and overtaken darkness, but, but you still may be struggling in your heart. How can this true light fix what's going on in me? Well, let me just read again these verses. Verse 9, it says, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not deceive, did not receive him, but, but to all who did receive him, who simply believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of the blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That those who believe and receive Christ Jesus, he gave you the right. In the original language, this word right is actually translated the, the power, the authority to, to be God's child. This this past week, our staff went on a staff retreat. Um, it was a great time. And y'all, uh, I'm going to go ahead and brag. Um, um, they call me Chef Boy Sergi, but Pastor Richard is also Chef Boy Richard Rich or something like that because he, he threw down on that grill. We ate good all week at the staff retreat. And this was a, and this was a good time that we had to just plan to pray to just um, to just celebrate and and reflect everything God has been doing and is doing, but throughout the week, Richard, Pastor Richard, asked us to share our stories, and he said, "Just don't share like your like the outline of your life, but 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 share your pain points. What are the things that that you have gone through that that still hurts you? What are the things that that you have gone through?" That, that has really made you who you are. And yeah, I can't tell you how powerful and impactful this moment was. Um, just to hear everyone's story, we all are so different. We all have unique stories, but what was so amazing, or I don't know the word is amazing, but what was so just crazy was how we all are so different, but we all have experienced so much heartache. We all have experienced so, so much pain. 
And after each person went, it like it literally took us 10 to 15 minutes just to debrief, just to just to get ourselves back together because of just hearing their story. But even in the midst of hearing each person's life, their trauma, their the things they're still healing from, their struggle, their insecurities, even in the midst of all that, we heard about the faithfulness of God. Even in the darkness, even in each person's story, it's not my place to tell you the stories, but even in the midst of each person's story, you, you heard the celebration that God was with me. That even in the darkness, the light has come. And I love the fact that, that in each person's story, we was able to say that because the true light has come and we have received Christ Jesus, we are his children. And he is our father. And y'all, it's not because of anything that we have done on our own. We didn't clean ourselves up. But this word says that if you, if you freely receive him, believe in his name, he has given you the right to become children of God. Not born of blood. It don't matter what color your skin is or what blood your ethnicity is or whatever. Not born of blood, not, not, not born by, by your will of your flesh, but born of God. This is the gift that God has given you. But first you have to do what? Receive him and walk in that. And even as I say receive him, I, I, I want to give space to, 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 to just, just truly say that I know that that, that this life, that, that this faith walk is a journey. And that even right now, you may be someone who says, yes, I believe in him, but I'm just struggling right now. I want to give you the right to say, that's okay. I just told you part of my story, even as I struggled with God, that, that God, how, how can you be good? God has given me the freedom to struggle with that. And, and I was amazed in Psalm 73 this week. It says that even when I acted like an animal, I am continually with you. Not, not, because, not because I'm still walking with you even as I'm cutting up, but it says I'm continually with you because, God, you have grabbed me with your right hand. And I just want to give you the room to struggle, to doubt with God in your darkness, in your struggles, in, in, in wherever life may help you right now. But I also want to encourage you to keep looking to the light because he is with you and he is the one who keeps you day by day. So I ask where is the light? We can rejoice today because the light has come. Let's pray. Dear Father God, Lord, we just, we just always thank you for being Emmanuel. Even still coming out of this, this past Advent season, Lord, we still celebrate, Lord, that you are with us. Even though you have gone away to prepare a place for us, God, and we will one day soon see you face to face, Lord. We rejoice because you have sent your Holy Spirit to be with us, to live within us. So, Lord, I just pray that, that you continue to move in our hearts, Lord. Continue to open up our eyes, so, Lord, that we may see your goodness. As the word says, let us taste and see that you are good. Lord, allow, us, allow you to not be some, just something that we talk about, but, Lord, allow, us, allow you to be something and someone, Lord, that we truly experience for ourselves. And, Lord, I do pray, Lord, that you grow um, our church through, through uh, us witnessing 
but grow our church as, as we continue to be a people who bear the light that you have given us. We pray these things and ask these things. Yes, son, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you put your hands together for Jesus? If you're encouraged by God's word, won't you shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Glory be to God. Uh, the testimony is that we all leave this place knowing that we've experienced his faithfulness. We've experienced his goodness. But truth be told, some of us felt discouraged this week. Some of us sat in our meetings, some of us sat in our virtual offices, and we were not as encouraged as we thought we would be. Some of us looked around in our community, wasn't as strong as we desired for it to be. But what Sir Gregory reminded us this morning is when you go back into your virtual office space, when you go back into your boardroom, or when you go back into your UPS truck, wherever you are, your classroom, somebody's with you. And that somebody is named Jesus. And so will you leave this place testifying of his faithfulness and his goodness? Because it's exceedingly always doing abundantly above all that we can think or ask. Will you leave this place receiving this benediction? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father be with you all now and forevermore. All God's people say together. Amen. Amen.